Welcome back, everybody. Another episode of Subject to Change is here. And today we have Devante Freak on the show. Devante, what's good? But before we really get into everything, I want I want you to tell us there's something big. You just signed a pretty big time deal uh, with the TBT. Tell people about that real quick. Yeah, the basketball tournament. Uh, Sean from uh, Pros Vision hit me up a couple months ago and he's like, hey, we have a team, ALS, um, Team Challenge ALS. And he was like, we'd love if you'd be a part of it. And uh, yeah, man, I just 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 told him a couple of weeks ago that I I definitely down to playing. And I've heard about it, you know, for the last couple of years. So I, I'm excited. I'm really two excited. million, two million on the line, right? I don't know. I thought it was a million. It could be a million, could be two million, but well, tell him to up it if it's only a million. But, uh, <laughs> right. When uh, when is this? When can people tune in and watch? Uh, July 16th through the 20th is when we're playing first. Um, and it's going to be on ESPN. So, I, and once I get more information about it, I'll put it everywhere because I'm excited. I'm going to do, I'm going to bring back that game day vlog vibe too. So there we go. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, everybody tune in and, and, you know, we'll get into more stuff as we go here. I follow you along with everybody else. And it seems like every other week or actually sometimes multiple times a week, your new location, where are you right now? I am home, Cape Coral, Florida. That's where I live. I'm not from Florida. A lot of people think I'm from Florida. My dad's originally from Florida, but I'm from like Cuyahoga Falls area. So then that's in Ohio. It's like maybe 10 minutes out from Akron, Ohio. People know that from LeBron. So I just kind of correlated to that. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't, I don't I don't know if at this point in our uh, weird lives, if the Paul brothers or LeBron is a bigger Ohio advocate at this. I mean, Dude. are you keeping up on all that? Yeah, actually, like I, I followed Jake and Logan ever since like they first started on YouTube, which was crazy. Like I, I'm, I wouldn't say like a ginormous fan, but I'm definitely still a big fan of them and supporting yeah. everything that they're doing right now. I know that they got a lot of negativity for a lot of the shit that they do. Um, and I know it's just to hype up the stuff that they're doing. So it's, it's also easy to understand from our point of view and like when you have to do business a certain way. So but yeah, it's crazy. I, I would never go as far to say that they're a bigger advocate than LeBron for Ohio, but but being from Ohio. Devante, remember, yeah. I just told you I say stupid all the time. There's number yeah, right. one. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. We, I, was, I was not going to bring this up, but you you already did. So you're a big YouTuber. They're big YouTubers. Would you ever box? Oh, Jesus. Um. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Depends. Uh, they they originally did it because they were called out, and now they're for sure doing it for business. I mean, if you can generate, you can generate seventy five million dollars, then I'm sure like you would do it again. You do it again. I would box. I would for sure box. Whatever. I'm down. I mean, Maybe. we had Austin McBroom okay. on last week. I saw that. I saw that. Actually. <laughs> yeah. I don't, okay. I don't know who's gonna. I don't know who's gonna win that, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who wins that either, but here's the thing. I was going to wait until later in the episode to bring this up, but I just saw – I think I know who you would want to box at this point. Um, <laughs> who, who, explain this beef between you and uh, – is it Nick? Nick something? Yeah. Nick Briz, yeah. Tell me tell – Hey, me Nick, if you're you watching this, if you want to if you want to do a boxing match, let's go. We'll run it. Would, would you rather play 1v1 with them or box right now? He doesn't want to play one-on-one. -on -one. I tell you that right now he does not want to play one-on-one. -on -one. I guarantee – he said on his live stream one time he would put 25 grand on it that I couldn't guard him one-on-one. -on -one. I would 
I would match. I will match whatever he wants to match in a one-on-one -on -one game. I promise you, he does not want to play me one-on-one. -on -one. I guarantee that's the reason that he's been promoting a five-on-five -five thing. He wants to play five-on-five. -five. He wants to go at it. He wants my five to go at it with his five. I don't. I don't show up to the park with the same five every time. I kind of just run with the people that are from the city. Just go over there right. for the most part. Like I went to New York and I had the same five in New Jersey. It just, however, it happens. But yeah, I'm just. I'm gonna put that. So out you're, there. you're killing him one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah, all day. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know much. much I, there's a big difference between like the skill level, in, in my, my opinion. But why? I mean, why not speak? Like, why not speak highly of yourself if somebody's gonna call you out anyway? But that's no, just how no, I no. see it. That's just yeah. how I see it. No, I, I completely agree. If you're not gonna do that, there's no reason for you to be in this sport. But uh, let's talk about you and your journey. Let's uh, just give me kind of background before. The Devontae Frigga that everybody knows who pulls up the parks and goes crazy. Uh, I know you were you were at the Mount, right? Is that true? Yeah, University of Mount Union, a small Division three school in okay. Ohio. Yeah. Take, take, <laughs> take, take, take me through, you know, like, you know, early on, obviously you've always loved basketball, but uh, give me give me a brief little background on, on your story. Um, I grew up. Uh, like I said, Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio, but a lot of people are like, man, you're from the, the suburbs of Falls, but people don't know, people really don't know my story. We, I mean, I, when I was 14 years old, I lived in more houses than my age. We were evicted from most of them. Like I brought the same bag of carrots to lunch for a couple of weeks straight to act like I was eating lunch around my friends when in reality, I was just hoping to get a meal at home. Like things that people don't think about just because of where I'm from. You know, and there's so much more behind the story, too. And basketball was always my therapy to get away from that stuff. And I know that for any basketball player, not even just basketball, anybody that plays a sport or has something that they're passionate about, like the the that goes on in your life, you always resort to going to that thing that you're passionate about to take your mind off of it. You know, and basketball, that was for for me um, what was the most therapeutical thing. And um you know, that was literally ever since I was growing up. And I, my older brother was a huge inspiration to me, Isaac. Um, he's five years older than me, so not too much of an age gap. But he was a wrestler, and wrestling and basketball happened around the same time. And I just wanted to be like him, so I tried out wrestling. I hated it. Uh, I actually – I really sucked at it uh, at first. <laughs> and, uh, and I just I, – I wanted to play basketball again, so then I played basketball, whatever. Um, I didn't make my middle school basketball team. And that's like one of my favorite stories to tell because I was so hurt by it. Like I sucked at wrestling and then I didn't make my middle school basketball team. And then did you I, not make it? Cause you were bad or was it a sick team or like what? No, I, I was, I was really basketball. Okay. I was really so bad. Small, at basketball. Did you, had you not grown yet? Oh yeah. I was little, I, I hit my growth spurt. Like I have, I have like stretch marks on my back because uh summer going into like my junior year I went from like five seven to six foot it was the craziest growth spurt for me but yeah I was small um but yeah man I didn't make my middle school basketball team worked my ass off made the um made the freshman year team and then I averaged like seven turnovers a game and I was still obsessed with basketball so I really like I was in the gym every single day but this is like when a lot of shit was going down in my life that nobody really knows about like a lot of stuff with my mom my dad was down here my dad at the time had just moved from ohio to florida like he was in florida then back to ohio then from ohio to florida 
And this is a time when he had like $10 to his name, started his construction company, which is now multi-million dollar business. So congratulations, my dad right there. And um, this, like my mom has been up and down with struggling her whole life. So this was like a really weird time for me. So I was like, listen, basketball is the only thing that I know I can resort to. I was going through some weird ass depression too. And as a kid, like you don't understand that you're depressed or you're really upset until you look at it when you're older. Right. And you're like, yeah, you were going through some shit, man. So I really, really, really took, uh, took basketball seriously the, the two year span, ninth grade to 11th grade. And I, I got decent at it. You know, I got, I got some, some looks. I, for me, like getting a division three look was like, okay, that's legit. You know, that's cool as f- to me. Uh, yeah. I, everybody, everybody that's in high school is like D1, D1 or die, you know, D1 or die. And, and for me, that was what it was. Like I, I looked past the division three schools. I thought it was cool that I was getting like looked at and stuff junior, senior year, but I was just like, man, this is bullshit. Like it's D3, you know? And then I only got D3 offers. Like, my whole college, my whole high school career. So, you know, I, I went and took a tour, fell in love with the campus um, at Mount Union. I maybe uh Hiram college. It's in Ohio, Mount Union's in Ohio, Bluffton's in Ohio. Wasn't getting, wasn't getting shit for looks. So um, <clears throat> those are probably my three or four main ones. And then um, after, uh, after I saw the campus, uh, I was pretty much obsessed with it decided to go to Mount Union. And uh, when I got to Mount Union, I thought it was going to be like sunshine and like I was going to be able to play right away. Right. And the same adversity that it hit me in middle school hit me in college. You know, I'm I everybody that goes to college was the star of their basketball team in high school, you know, and then you get to college and you're like, wow, I'm not the best player here at all. Um, And it really hit me. That's when I was like, I was playing JV in division three and I was like, wow, I like, this is an eye opener for me. Right. How good collegiate basketball is. We're going up against these dudes that are 35 a game in division three, but like division three is skilled scoring machines. And if you don't, if you don't understand it, then don't judge it at all. Just saying that right now, yeah. and because there's Division three guys that can run with D one guys all day. It's it's to me, it's like size and talent, and uh, that's just because I've played with every all every level, and I, I'm sure you can attest to this. Being at the Division one level, you probably played with guys of all all levels. But yeah, man, I was playing uh, JV Division three uh, freshman year, and then three guys got hurt on varsity. But I was I was taking all of my anger out that I wasn't on varsity and in the games in JV, I was averaging like a triple double. It was like 28, 12 and 15. I was going nuts. Um, but again, like it, it didn't really it really didn't mean anything to me because, again, in my head, I'm playing JV Division three. So right. I took all my anger out, played good. as Three guys got injured on varsity and they moved me up for the last like maybe five or six games and my first game I just I did well I I was I was like just hustling you know I wasn't gonna I knew I wasn't gonna go in my first varsity game 
and go get 28 and yeah like yeah i'm the guy now you know so i knew i had to play my role just hustled got as many rebounds as i could i think i i think i just like had a little bit of a spark though because i had like 12 that game and then the next one i had like 15 and i just felt good about it yeah um but that those games at the end of my freshman year were the most crucial games of my life because it really made a statement of like okay I can play at this level for the coaches that didn't believe that I'd be able to play at the level until junior or senior year um and uh yeah man and ever since ever since the last game freshman year I started and then <laughs> this is a little bit into some details because I know you just asked about the background and stuff but I'm right. just you know, I'm just I'm just rambling a little bit, but um, I love it. Year, beginning of the year, um, I had a test right before basketball season, like right before the first game, maybe two or three weeks before the first game. I had a test in writing class, and I was busy. Like I was busy as hell. I actually owned a photography videography company with my friends, so we had like real estate shoots, this and that um we we're going and making like videos for car dealerships rv dealerships and i totally forgot about the test so we had like three hours to submit it so i'm hitting up people that i know that are in the class and i'm like yo i'll venmo you uh if you can send me the answers for this writing class and like some of the corrections that need to be made here and one of the people that i hit up went to like dean of Ac academics and uh so I had to do like a huge meeting two or three weeks before and um, before the first couple games. And uh, they like suspended me from starting for the first five games. So it was it was crazy. And that but looking back at it now, I'm happy that it happened because um, I think I played my role even better. Uh, <laughs> I, I actually didn't start my senior year which was a it was a beating you know the last last five games of my freshman year started all of sophomore year started all of junior year started and then senior year don't start and that and what's crazy is like as a basketball player you look at that and you're just like damn why am I not starting but yeah a lot of adversity and knowledge how often like during during these times because you're talking about your career and uh I think this is important especially for our, our younger listeners who I know tend to tune in uh, more frequently, the adversity and the ups and downs, like there had to have been nights. Now I, I know you're a confident person and you have to be to be able to do what you're doing or what I'm doing. But at the same time, kids look at us and kids look at, you know, you specifically and think it's all been like sunshine and, and rainbows, right? During those, like you had, a, I'm assuming, did you have a few nights where you're sitting in that, you know, dorm room at a D3 level is there ever a time where you're like, I don't know if I'm in the right spot? Did that ever cross yeah. your mind? Yeah. So um, when I was, uh, so my freshman year roommate was Nathan Bauer Malone, who was a stud of an athlete, yeah. stud of a basketball player, point guard that could easily be a division one level player freshman year of college. He came right out of high school school and started point guard at our school and okay. I roomed with him as a JV D3 basketball player so two completely different worlds there you know he's getting invited to these private um sessions at night going to uh like private like little therapies they got you know spending the night they got different gear so 
looking at it, I was just like, man, like I'm not in the right spot. Like Bluffton College in Ohio or Hiram College in Ohio would have loved to have had me. And, and I know it because they were like sending newsletters and this and that. And I was just, I think I was more in love with the campus than I was more in love with the campus at my union than I was anything else. But, right. but yeah, so when I was like all the time, I wasn't necessarily trying to compare myself freshman year, but it was really hard not to, you know, it happens. And it, it just helped that he was also like my best friend at the time because I really like was rooting for him too. But he was also, he was really pushing me to go, whether he knows it or not. And he might be listening to it. Now I'm going to tell him that I, that I mentioned in a minute, but dude, I, I kid you not just now, Nathan Bauer Malone liked my tweet. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So, but that, that's good though, especially what you're talking about in comparison. Cause like most kids run from two things, comparison and competition. Like it's natural, like that fight or flight kicks in. Yeah. Do you think you would be where you're at right now if you didn't like internalize the fact that you were comparing yourself to Nathan or <laughs> other guys at different levels? Like that was, it's, it's, it's healthy for you. Yeah. It's uncomfortable, but it's yeah. healthy, right? Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I don't think I would be, I, I wouldn't be at all. I, I'm not one to like let things get to my head, but the more that, the more things were, you know, were given to people or the more things are given to people, then the more confident you feel. And there's a lot of like negative confidence too, that comes with that. And people don't think about like negative and positive con uh, confidence, but they're, you know, two different things. So. What do you, what do you mean by that? So like maybe something propelling you into a negative, uh, I guess to maybe do something negative, like your confidence is going to, I guess, there's going to be more inclination for you to do something negative with that confidence than positive. And oh, like, okay. Yeah. If, you know, if I would have been given like the starting spot, knowing my mental, I would have, you know, taken that. I wouldn't have hit the gym as much. That's something negative, yeah. you know? Not, yeah, yeah, exactly. So maybe like that positive confidence is like, okay, shit, I need to, like, I need to go to the gym because I'm literally like, <laughs> I'm not going to get any time at all if I don't progress my game. Yeah, no, I, I you're hundred percent right. I think uh, the other thing that I, I pulled from there is people need to understand that the the separation between Division three, Division two, II, Division one is almost like like not even measurable. That's how small it is. I mean, you know, yeah. guys just get in the yeah. right situation and all that stuff. So be be great at where you're at and what you're doing, and that's what you're doing now. Especially when we look at your social media growth. Tell me. Tell me how it transitioned because I can kind of see where it started. You yeah. said you were like doing photography and video shoots for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me how yeah, it transitioned. Yeah, yeah, I'll jump into that really quick before I do go to that, though. You mentioned it. It is so much easier for me as an X Division three athlete to say this than for you being a Division one athlete. I will say this, although is although there is a minor difference between like skill level with D1, D2 and D3. There's a major talent difference. And I'm saying that being from Division Three, speaking for Division One and Division Two athletes, you deserve to be where you're at. You're freak athletes. And <laughs> and, and I know I know some of them are freaks, maybe not Jordan. <laughs> I know no. what you're Jordan's Jordan's a freak, yeah, other stuff. Jordan, we need to run the ones. D1 versus Okay, yeah. Devontae, listen, as soon as I'm done with college basketball and I kind of make my transition, because that's where I want to hear, because I talked to a lot of people like McBroom last week. I, I talked to him about his transition from who was a hooper uh, into, into YouTube. 
what yeah. is your transition? You know what I'm saying? Because it's, yeah. it's you're, I'm in this field right now and I'm going <laughs> to it until I'm not. Yeah. So um, I'm obsessed with business. I'm an entrepreneur at heart. If I wasn't doing YouTube or whatever it is, I'd be owning a business. Whether is that that's your major? Is that what you majored in? I majored, I majored in integrated media. Okay. Um, so I was just trying to surround myself around all the free camera gear that I could get, that's you know, true. and, and um, basically the transition is this. I'm obsessed with business, but I, I don't, and I understand social media. So at the time, you know, a few years ago, those two things collided well for me because when I was in school, I didn't have shit for money. I couldn't ask my mom for money. And I know my dad was building his business. And I always felt weird about asking my dad for money because not my dad is my parents are the biggest supporters of my life. I will never, ever, ever, ever question that. But something about asking people for something was always weird to me. And especially coming from, you know, just my parents, you know, knowing they've been through so much shit. But um, I wanted to provide for myself, but I didn't want to get a job because I was doing so much with basketball in school. So I was like, I'm going to start my own business, make my own hours, whatever. I knew social media and I knew business. So I started going around to the restaurants um, that were close to Mount Union. Like um, you guys aren't going to know who it is or you guys aren't going to know the restaurants, but just like some breakfast diners, some wing spots, some of the bars um, that the college students would go to. I mean, we only had like two or three of them. Um, and I had like maybe seven clients. But what I would do is I would just go in there with my phone and I would take pictures of the food or the beers or the drinks, whatever. And I would like post it on social media, use hashtags and stuff. So I was always obsessed with how fast and rapid the growth was for social media. Like everything's updating so fast. And I just knew big, fair, big fan of Gary Vaynerchuk. I have been a huge fan of him for a very long time. So that inspired that idea for me because he was just, you know, he always has spoken about social media in a way of like, there's so much opportunity is there anything specifically that Gary V says that you hold like onto this day? You know what I'm saying? Cause I've heard, he says like cute content, like just hit people with like 15 to 25 pieces of content a day. Is there anything that you kind of hold onto and base your platform off of? Um, I don't like know. It? I don't know anymore, but at first, yeah, for sure. When I was doing more of the business side of things, um, I, one thing that has always stuck with me is how he was like, yo, keep that luck shit in your pocket. Because he was like, he he said that one time he was receiving emails from people he went to high school with or like text messages or DMs when he first blew up and he's making hundreds of millions of dollars and everything. VaynerMedia is going crazy. He said he was getting a whole bunch of messages and stuff of like, yo, Vic, I'm doing a podcast, big dog. <laughs> he said he, he said he was getting a whole bunch of messages of like, um, people saying like, yo, man, like you're so lucky, blah, blah, blah. And he just said, I worked for this. Keep that luck shit in your pocket. So that's that. like, that's like biggest thing. I was just like, yeah, man, like that's a big, that's like the biggest, like you to anybody that yeah, it's just like, yeah, you're lucky, bro. But anyway, yeah, man, I, I was doing that social media stuff and I was working for, I was, I didn't know, I, I didn't know how to charge these people. So I really wasn't, still wasn't making a lot, but it was a great experience for me to work with real companies. Um, and then I ran into, or I had a class, small group and organizational communication, some bullshit thing that they throw you in in college, but I'm glad I took it. I actually wasn't supposed to be in that class. I met a guy named Joe Reese, who's now my best friend and my main videographer to this day. Um, he lives 
down the road here in Florida and everything. Like um, he presented on how he wants to hold a camera for the rest of his life and that he's a photographer. And I like saw some of his work, ran into, uh, ran into him at a gas station like four or five months later after that semester ended. And I'm like, yo, are you still doing photography? I really love some help. I don't know how to use cameras. I don't know like what I'm doing with them at all. So we met up that night. He really like broke down like how a camera really works. Then I switched my major the next day to integrated media. And I was around all of these cameras and I was obsessed with it. At the time, I was watching Gary Vaynerchuk, Logan Paul, Jake Paul. I was watching. The biggest one, though, was Casey Neistat. Biggest inspiration to this day. And Nathan put me on to Casey, my freshman year roommate. So it's just weird how everything really like circled around. And I was obsessed with the way that Casey Neistat was able to tell a story in such a short form video, but also make it like a movie where you wanted to know what was going to happen next. Um, so I mimicked that. And when I first started my channel, it was sophomore year. I, I had YouTube channels like since high school, though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to go around and I used to um, like give stuff to the homeless, but I don't want to be known as that person because I didn't want to just like, I didn't want people to think that I was only giving to people um, and like for something like stuff yeah, just, for, yep. just, just for attention. And it made sense after a while. I was like, yeah, I don't want to be known as that person at all. I, I can do this stuff off camera, but yeah. like I said, I've had YouTube channels, but when I first started my channel, I was doing a daily vlog. I think I did a daily vlog for like 88 days. It was, it was crazy full-time student. I was trying to run that business full-time basketball and then doing a daily vlog on my phone and with these cameras just trying to get a hold of it and it took me forever to edit but I was really learning it um what'd you start editing on iMovie, iMovie. and I kid you not I still edit on iMovie hey it's it's easy. I also, it works. I also it works. don't do anything crazy though like if you watch yeah. the videos I really don't do anything insane if I do if I do like a movie then we try and take it in a final cut or premiere or something like color grade it the right way this and that but um but yeah, I, I started doing the daily vlog and I was obsessed with it. I was not, I promise you, I was not posting to get a million views or to get 500 million subscribers. Like that was not the idea for me. I was obsessed with picking up my phone and be like, yo, what up everybody? If you're not working hard today, what are you doing? Like that was my old catchphrase and everything. And, and <clears throat> I was, the one thing I was just like, I was trying to be so confident about walking around campus filming myself and it was it it felt cringy and like looking back it's for sure cringy but I also love seeing that process um I actually just it, watched my first video I ever posted yesterday because did it ever get easier walking around with a with a camera yeah, that's yeah my I did because I just I've, I've always had like that like I just don't care what you're thinking about me type thing just because of like some things that I have gone through yeah but I did at first I did like kind of battle with it like just recording myself walking around on campus. I had a big gorilla pod and a road mic and a camera. And I'm just like, oh, I'm recording myself. Yeah, exactly, bro. With a fucking Adobe gorilla pod. And like, I felt like Casey Neistat just walking around campus. And I just thought it was so cool. I would ride my bike. I would set my, I would set the camera up and then ride the bike by it and then go back, pick the camera up, put it over there, get a different angle. But those are the things that I was like truly obsessed with, obsessed with creating videos, obsessed with it for myself, not for anybody else. It was awesome. And I was like getting the support from my family and everything. I posted one video um, after I took, I took a break from daily vlogging because I was exhausted. I posted one video 
and it was a day in the life of a division three basketball player. And it got 13,000 views in like a week. And I was like, right. holy shit. I'm a genius. <laughs> holy shit. Okay. So then people were like more division three, more division three stuff. Yeah. So then I posted a video that was how good do you have to be in high school to play division three basketball? And I got a lot of hate for it. You know, people are like, it's D3. You don't have to be good at all, blah, blah, blah. But the hate still helped because, you know, whether you're talking good about me or you're talking bad about me, keep talking about me, you know? So um that got that video got 183,000 views out of nowhere I think I had like one maybe maybe 800 to a thousand subscribers out of nowhere this video gets 180,000 views so wait back up so 88 vlogs no followers then two videos after that and those are the ones that took off so I was vlogging like I probably had maybe five to seven hundred subscribers when I was vlogging but I was only getting like maybe 80 views. I also bought subscribers before uh, because I was so embarrassed that I didn't have anybody that was like truly supportive. I wouldn't say anybody. So if you're, you know, if you're watching you this, have some OGs. Yeah, you sure. know, two, like two, 300 people for sure were subscribed, but like I, I ended up buying like 400 subscribers because I wanted to, I wanted to hit a thousand so bad. So I bought some and it was like 299 to buy 500 followers or subscribers. So I did it. I was like, and I want people to think that like, for some reason, my channel did good. And, right. and, and in the back of my head, I was just like, why would I care? Why do I care what they're going to think? But, but I was just like, I'm not posting this. I'm not, I'm not posting these for other people. And then it came to a point when I was just like, okay, now I want an audience because I, I am obsessed with this. So then took a, that's when I kind of took a, a few months off or a few weeks off. And then I posted the division three thing, um, the day in the life. And then I posted the, how good do you have to be? And then I swear to God, every, almost every single title for every video that I posted was division three something, but right. it was the way to stand out. Like I tell everybody right now that asks me, how do you grow on social media? And I say, just create a niche. Like, how can you be different? What is something that you can do online that you're different? And like, I, no matter what, you're always going to fall into a category to the public eye or community. Right. So if I'm posting content about basketball, people consider me a basketball YouTuber. Right. But what's different is, I'm the only person, I'm the only division three basketball player on YouTube. So that was what was really stuck in my head forever. So junior year, when I really started to post all division three stuff is when I kind of started to pick up maybe around like 10 to 17,000 subscribers. Um, and it was pretty steady. And then I started my senior year and I was really doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, like showing everything and that is when i started the game day vlogs um showing like highlights of the like i would wake up in the morning what up everybody my name is Devonte Frigan. i'm a division three basketball player here at the university of mount U. like literally every every video i started with what up everybody my name is Devonte Frigan. i'm a division three basketball player here at the university of mount union and today blah blah, blah. and then i do some big uh monologues some motivational speech um uh, just kind of record a voiceover in the studio that obviously was granted to me from the integrated media program. And um, yeah, I started the game day vlogs and I feel like that's when I really started to grow an audience. Cause I was able to connect with people personally, not just from the motivation stuff, but like opening up my entire life to show you what it's like to be a division three athlete. And um that's when it went from 17,000 at the beginning of that year 
to, I think I ended the season at 106,000 subscribers. Was that insane? Like how much time you had to edit and film and do it? Cause I think about that with Jordan all the time, right? Like I know people are interested in what he has going on, but I also know that like as a division one basketball player, like he's just too busy or like he needs someone yeah. else to edit. Or- no, I, it's not, I need to do this. And, and listen to Devante, I'm picking up little things like, Oh, I could find somebody in our media department where I could go. I can find time, but I know what you're saying. Keep going, Tom. Sorry. So the, like, but that's where, that's where the Gary Vaynerchuk and the Casey Neistat stuff, like the, this, the beginning inspiration really helped me because I was like, I'm going to sacrifice sleep. I'm sacrificing like eating, whatever. Yeah. If I'm not going to go and take those pictures for those RV companies and these real estate companies, like I'm not going to make money, but I'd rather not eat than like not gain, you know, a hundred subscribers this week or today or whatever it is, because there was so much momentum and I'm obsessed with it. So I started doing it and like, it was a grind for sure, but it was like something that I was finally known for that wasn't like I was, uh, I don't know if I should say that I, I was going to get into something, but I don't know if I should bring that up, but I was, I was like known for some other stuff. that wasn't I mean, like, the world's greatest tease, like, come on, give it to us. Hold on. You guys keep going. I have to go pee. I've been drinking so much. Water. <laughs> I was okay. I'll tell you, I was in a, I was like in a pretty like weird relationship. So people knew me for being in this, like, like relationship where I knew like, you know, it wasn't like the happiest time of my life, you know? Got it. Got so it, got it, got it. when my vlogs and stuff started to pick up, people knew me as the basketball player on campus, who's a YouTuber. And then I started to get a fan base and I was like a real YouTuber, you know, I hit a hundred K and I'm, I'm, I wasn't monetized. Cause I know you can't be as an NCAA athlete. And I was actually pretty scared about that. Um, but it was cool. Like I felt like a real YouTuber, you know, I finished out the season and I was growing rapidly. I would tell people where our games were going to be and what time. And then they would show up. I'd get pictures after it was a cool, it was the coolest thing to have like fans in the middle of Michigan at Albion college, like want to come up and take a picture with me or like I'd post that we were going to Columbus, Ohio that day. And there'd be more people there. Um, at, I remember I posted that we were playing uh, Capital University and there were more people there that got pictures with me afterwards than there were there like just supporting like, right like in Capital University at one point because it was starting to grow rapidly and like people knew what we were doing and what I was trying to do and it's crazy yeah and then as soon as the season ended um moved down to Florida I was again, you don't really know when you're like sad and depressed and like upset about shit until you really look back on it. There was no closure to the end of the season because we were number five or number four in the nation. Um, we were in the sweet 16 for division three, March madness. And our seasons abruptly ended because of COVID. And then like, we don't get a chance to finish it out and we're supposed to win. Like we're favored to win this thing, the whole thing, like national championship and everything. So still, still kind of eats me alive, but at the same time, like it's part of the story that, you know, can never be rewritten. Um, but yeah. And, I mean, then, and once that ends, like <clears throat> you just jump right into, okay. Cause college basketball is, even though it was the epicenter of like a lot of your content and it's over and you've just free up 90% of you know your time in your day like where did your mind immediately go to this whole park scene like you revitalized yeah well I had no idea I was yeah I was so like I 
looking, especially looking back at it now, I don't, I'm so grateful that people were obsessed with this type of content because I moved down to Florida and I'm like, okay, people like when I vlog. So I'm going to vlog like my day and just do crazy shit. So we built like a, we built like a 30 foot water slide in our backyard. And my, like, this is the time, like I said, my dad does really well. This is the time that he was like helping fund a lot of stuff. And so we built a 30 foot water slide, like in the backyard, made a vlog out of it. Uh, we built a full basketball court um, on the property, like a huge, big purple Mount Union purple basketball court uh that got a lot of attention that's like when a lot of stuff started to pick up i went from like 106k to like maybe 125k and then <clears throat> the reason we built the court is because i just went to a park like I, I don't i really don't know the context i just walked up to this park called jim jeffers in cape coral florida and i played i played mic'd up and i you know former division three athlete exposes d1 athlete because there's a division one dude. And he was just like, he was talking to another guy that was at the park. He's actually cool. He's a good friend of mine now. It's yeah. We're not going to let you play Jordan and use the same head. <laughs> no, no, this kid's name, his, his name is Dizo. He's cool now. And um, re really nice dude. But at the time, like any, and people talk their shit on the court. So by the time there was a guy named Adam Bosco that was at the park and he's going to he committed division three, a couple of days before. And Dizo is just like, you go in D three, you go in D three, but I'm mic'd up. So I have everything and I'm standing there and I'm like, I'm D three too, blah, blah. Later on in the video, uh, I wouldn't really say like punched on him, but like to the public eye or on video dunked on him. I just started going crazy. And then that video gets like 1.2 million views in a week. So I'm just like, wow. So are we like, okay, let's go back to the parks. Boom. They shut down all the parks. I'm oh. like, geez, dude, how much more adversity, how much more <laughs> adversity can we get? Like I just had my season canceled and blah, blah, blah. So then that's when we built the court. Then that's when we had the attention. We're like, listen, we're going to invite people to the court. It was a really weird time to announce that we were going to bring people out because COVID was like super crazy around then. But I wouldn't say not that we like didn't give a, f but we were just like, You're I, in, in Florida. It was in different. my head, yeah, I guess. But no, in my head, I was just like, I cannot let this this virus defeat me so many times over and over and over again. And uh, that was kind of like that was kind of like how it worked out in my head. Uh, like I said, we built the court. We did some one on ones there, and and um, some three on threes. But as I started to do the one on ones, then that's one one-on-one basket like you know all of last year when everybody was doing one-on-ones on youtube yeah like that's I mean, like flight versus cash and cash right. versus person and yeah, yeah, yeah and then like devin and i did the the event as well devin the lab and stuff but like up, leading up to that it was like all one-on-one -on -one basketball stuff but last year was an insane amount of growth for me uh and this year's this year's been even more like it I was driving back from South Carolina yesterday. I'm sure we'll get into like some of the parks of, I don't know, but in any specifics, but lost for words, man. I really don't know what happened these last few years that like, this is, it's still crazy to me every day. It's still surreal, still blown away. I, it doesn't even make sense to me that I'm doing like an overtime podcast, you know? Those are the things I think about. I'm just like, life's crazy as fucking. If you have something, you have to take advantage of going after it with relentless passion because it's right in front of you. 
whether you know it or not, what whatever adversity you're going through, whatever struggles you're going through, if something's in front of you and, and you want it, you have to go for it. Because as somebody that's sitting here still in awe over the things that's happening every single day in my life, I can confidently say that it is 100% possible, no matter what. No, it, bro, you it, it's inspiring just listening to you. This is the stuff, like when I set out to start my own podcast, I knew there was going to be a lot of people making them and doing different stuff. But you, well, like I said, the reason I was so excited to bring you on was just to talk about all the stuff that I assumed happened before you got here, because that's what, you know, I think kids, you know, need to hear. But before we get there and wrap everything up, I do want to talk about what has gotten you to a probably whole different level. I think you would agree. And that is park pickup five on five, the videos that have gone viral. Tell me, I, I need to know, like, Bring me through the craziest story, the first one that comes to your head, uh, whether that be like just the wildest thing that happened or, you know, the most inspiring thing, whatever. I, I need to hear some of the stuff that goes down because this is park basketball. And correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's like the purest form of basketball. Like it's everybody out there and it's exactly what you grew up loving. People are watching. Guys are going at it like there's just there's no refs. It's all just pure. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, first thing I can think of, man, the other day uh it's something new happens every day that i could tell you or every time we go to a park that i could tell you like it it's some of the most ridiculous transparent content i've ever seen whether it's my content or ball is life or nick briz or or t jazz whoever's posting this stuff it's some of the most transparent stuff that you could really put out there because like you said it's really just happening you know throw the cameras on anything could happen anything um but First thing I can think of right now, we went to uh, Boston and I was not like, I think I promoted it for three or four days and I was not expecting it to be that packed. And then we went to Connecticut the next. How packed are we talking in Boston? How many people? Oh man, I don't know. Maybe like five to 700 people, 500 to 700. Um, Connecticut, they were telling us that it was easily a thousand people like it. It was ridiculous. It looked like bleachers. There was a hill across right. the entire court, and there were people seated from top to bottom watching. And then there were people around the court, in the court, on the court. And um, the craziest shit is seeing how many people show up. That's why we actually, like, I went to South Carolina, Charleston, South Carolina yesterday, and I only promoted it for, like, maybe 20 hours because I, it was getting so hectic how many people were going. We couldn't even play. Like there's so many people on the court that it turned into a one-on-one -on -one with a crowd. You guys need, you guys need better security. I think yeah, because right, every yeah. video well, I see is an alley like this yeah. wide that you're trying to go by somebody. Right. But um, other than, other than the big crowd stuff, like <clears throat> I'm not going to glorify any of the bad stuff that's happened because that's how people kind of get put on. But there's some stuff that goes on. Um, at the park so obviously i'm not too happy about but right um how, how do they pick who you're going against right so like you show up to a park there's a thousand people there i'm sure there's a hundred that think oh i want to challenge for you one-on-one -on -one or play him like how do you get on the court and be like hey these are the 10 that are playing or like is it normal just like how all of us play pickup every city i go to puts me on the court right away every single time and it's i feel like it's just it's just a respect thing one they know why they why the entire why the entire crowd is there uh 
and two they want to like people want to go at me for sure like it the main the main idea for their city is to bring the best hoopers out there put them on the court and try and me up and that's what they want to do because they want their city to put on for them on youtube because i'm posting everything like if i get broke if i get dunked on it's going up there it's my title it's my thumbnail it's good content it's hilarious do you do that often like i don't watch every single video like are you posting yourself losing and stuff Often. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not often. I put, I I put a winning. scoreboard in the bottom of the on the bottom of the screen and stuff, and I show. Um, I don't show every miss from both sides because it'd be like be yeah. boring. Maybe a ninety minute video, and it'd be like it would just be really boring to watch. So most of like more of the hype clips, but every every bucket, every bucket goes up there. Um, Unlike some people, right? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> we don't got to get into it, but yeah, no. So, I, uh, Tom, anything else before we wrap up? I, I do have like one hard hitting, pointed question for Devonte because I think it's good, especially for our younger guys, but uh, and girls. But you got anything else? No, the the, the one thing I want to ask you is uh, NBA players and stuff like that, right? Because obviously you're like the D three guy or even D one guys. Have those type of players challenged you or even showed up to a park yet? Or, or are you getting those challenges where they want to go against you? Um. Not necessarily like against me, but there's some people that definitely want to pull up. I'd like, um, I'd like to do that this summer when it's off season because uh, it's a great way to like keep basketball going. Still, uh, the summer is usually when a lot more things pop off. So although we're getting a ridiculous amount of views right now and attention, no, not just me, but like the whole ba- basketball on the scene. Yeah. Um, when NBA is done, I can't imagine how it's going to like multiply. I'd love to get NBA guys out there for sure. And um, some like real college studs. It just becomes like a safety thing at that point. I mean, I, I have to hire security when we promote for more than three days now because it just gets too chaotic. Um, like New York, we went to Dykeman and Brooklyn Bridge Park and we like had to have security there because it was, I mean, hundreds, hundreds of people. It's it's the best part of it for sure, but you never know. Right. You never know who's out there. So it, it's just so crazy. And and this is something that overtime has like always understood, and that's why we do well. And like, I don't think a lot of people get this though. Like, you're a Division three hooper who's just found like you said it yourself. Like, you found a spot that you could fit into, and that's why your videos do so well. Where like you go and shoot a normal video with a lot of NBA players, it doesn't do five hundred thousand views. Like. Yeah, and there's like you find your own way. So I, I just think it's interesting how like you have understood that, but a lot of people don't get that, right? Like I'd rather like for overtime, like we'd rather post a video of you doing something because it's gonna perform better than like half the NBA. And it's just crazy that to think yeah. about it like that. Actually, I I can't legally like name the brand, but I was talking to a company the other day about like brand deals and stuff because you know, we're pitching ideas. Biggest thing for me right now is I want to like seriously go into these these neighborhoods and like make a positive impact that, you know, you get to a good point when you can do something like positively for not just a person, but an entire community. I want to get brands on board that will pay for food trucks and pay for merch for every single person that's there and pay for like, pay for the waters, pay for the drinks, just bring a cooler, bring two large coolers and a whole bunch of drinks, you know, and just like leave, leave a mark there. That's not just like, yeah, we just made money off your hood, you know? So biggest thing for me is trying to connect with brands that like for real are about the right reason. Yeah. Um, Cause right now I'm funding that <laughs> and, uh, and I'm okay with it, but there's gonna be a time when I'm just like, look, I can't even go to parks anymore. But um, yeah, I was on the phone the other day and I was just like, and this isn't anything I got any shot at any NBA player or whatever, but 
the guys at the end of the bench in the NBA don't have as much attention right now as some of these YouTubers that are playing basketball on you online, you know, it's even stars. It's not just guys at the end of the bench. But, yeah. yeah there's, there's some big posted, that are going to play tonight. Yeah. We posted a, play. we posted a video eight days ago and it has 1.1 million views. Like Nick Briz posted a video a couple of days ago. It, it has a million views, you know what I mean? That's so much attention. And even just like hearing from us, like go get this shirt or go, you know, go cop these shoes. Then people are like, okay, they wore those, like they wore those shoes in that park video and then did this. So like, it's just that inclination. You know, if I, if I see LeBron wearing some shoes, if I see Steph wearing some shoes and I'm a fan of them, and like a certain colorway of their shoe, obviously, then you know you're you're more inclined to want that shoe. Yeah, so brand like, awareness is going to be huge. Yeah. In, in your scene for sure. Yeah, I'm just surprised there's no large brand that's really like picked up on, like flooding money into this content. Whether yeah. whether it's like I I don't even want the money personally. If there's a brand that came along right now and they were like, hey man, we want to give you 250 grand or 100 grand every single month, whatever it is, for you know to to sponsor the food trucks and the shirts and everything you need done to make an actual impact on these communities. Like I, I don't want to dime of it. I want to go to this because I'm going to make, I'm going to make my money off the video, whatever. I don't, I don't care about the other stuff. I don't, if we can seriously do something, that's just like leaving a mark on that town because bro, I mean, I, I had a cop come up to me yesterday in South Carolina because they like had a call that there was going to be a whole bunch of people at this park. We were in the hood, whatever. So they had like cops all, all line up all around the park. One of them came up to me the other day and he yesterday, he was just like, you don't know what this means for this town. There might be two or 300 people here, but there's a, there's a kid over there that's nine years old that just watched you the whole time and saw an impact that you had because you're passionate about something that could possibly change that kid's life. So those are the moments that I'm just like, that's like so like surreal for me that that's what's curated from all of this it's not just basketball people that's why i hate calling myself a basketball youtuber i I hate i just hate that idea basketball on youtube maybe what would you yeah what would you rather people call you a movie maker bro like these are these are real movies whether whether the videos that drop are bad like I know the videos that I drop are basketball videos I get that but what's yeah. happening is a movie I don't care if I don't care if I'm told that I'm a basketball YouTuber I know that I'm not I'm so much more personally and I think that the people that are doing this are so much more than basketball YouTubers or or whatever category you fall into there's so much more if you're doing it for the right reason if you're making a positive impact then you're a filmmaker i'm obsessed with filmmaking but we didn't even get into this at all and i didn't even tell you guys but like i i don't even want to be doing this for the rest of my life like i want to create movies i want to be a director monte that 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 is my next thing is is where do where does this go and this is give you a space to kind of fill it in where Mm -hmm. does this go from here because i you see the progression and all this stuff but now are you continuing? It sounds like, you know, these brand deals and impacting communities and giving back is awesome. Where do you go and where do you see yourself in five years? Um, I have no idea, but I'll say this. I definitely want to be creating movies and be known as a filmmaker. I want to be known as like somebody that directs and puts together 
movies, like something that you sit and watch and you are impacted by it. You know, when you used to go to the, you used to go to the, the movies as a kid, watch a Spider-Man movie for two hours and then get home and jump off the tables. Like not, not necessarily like that doesn't really have much context, but not necessarily. No, no, it, it, it does. It does. That idea of just like, you just created something that really sparked that really sparked something in someone's mind to believe that something's possible from this. And that's why I believe we're creating movies right now. We're not just creating videos. This whole thing's a, a movie, but yeah, man, I, I want to be creating some real films. I don't know how that's going to start or where it's going to start. So I'm definitely keeping this momentum and hoping that I learn throughout the next couple of years on how I can make it into that. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's a five-year thing. I don't, I don't even know if it's a 10-year thing, but you know, 15, 20 years, I think that I will be creating some of the biggest movies. No, that's dude, awesome, man. That's, that's huge. I mean, I think, I don't think I've ever related to anything more than what you just said about the Spider-Man movie. And I know you yeah. think that's kind of a, like a reach, but it's not like, I'm pretty sure unless it's just me and you and we're crazy. Anytime you do go sit down, there's something that a, a movie, a film can do to you and your imagination that kind of like you said, sparks something inside your brain and gets you out of this kind of lull that is life sometimes where they tell you to just kind of do the same thing over and over. And then your imagination is just intensified after that. And I think that impact is maybe the coolest thing that you can do for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. For real. It's, I love it. What, yeah. um, before, I'm before, glad you put that. I'm glad you put that into words and put it in a better context than just like me telling people to jump off a table. Yeah, don't, go, don't, <laughs> jump, don't go jumping off your tables, but dude, I used to watch Iron Man and then just go home and like hit metal together, thinking I was gonna. <laughs> but no. Uh, before we let you get out of here, uh, tell me if you, if you could tell a kid, if you could tell yourself one thing, and try to keep it like concise. If you're if yourself. You could talk to yourself when you were, let's say, 10 years old. Uh, what would you tell yourself right now, knowing what you know? Um, learn to empathize with every person about everything. If you can, if you are willing and able to put yourself in somebody's shoes and try to understand before full on judging, then you will see so much more good in every situation. And then the last, the very last thing is be grateful for the shit that you have now. Gratitude is the biggest, the biggest thing I could say. If you are grateful for the stuff that you have now, so much more is to come, but don't be grateful just expecting more to come. Be grateful because you are actually thankful as shit for the stuff that you have in your life. Not just the stuff, but the people, the moments, the time, you never know. So gratitude, baby. Gratitude is a huge thing. I just, uh, just read a quote on that. And I think, uh, even in the, the, the darkest moments, you know, the times where you're talking about not making a team, you know, sitting in there, JV division three, there's, there's this weird thing that gratitude can do for you. And it opens and allows you to be like, I'm grateful that I'm here because I'm grateful for the challenge that I get to now go out and attack. I'm grateful that I think like that. And the next person may just be like, poor me. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Uh, Devante, you're the f man, dude. I'm so excited you. that we finally got <laughs> that. That was awesome, bro. I'm thank so you. excited. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys having me on here.